0: Okay, listeners. So, fresh from landing the biggest plunge of 2021, it's our absolute pleasure to welcome Simon A. Miller to the One One. G'day, Simon.
1: Bj, hey Terry, thanks for having me.
2: How are you, mate?
1: Good, thanks. Good. I'm glad you got me now, and not uh, sort of at the start of the carnival last year. So <laughs> maybe, maybe it was timing on your behalf. You waited till I found form before you got me.
2: Ah, no, we only get pe- we only get people that are in good nick. We don't want uh, we don't want the second rate uh, trainers on this show. So uh, you've, you've, you've well, timed it you you me on. last year, <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. I mean,
0: in saying that, though, Simon, you 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 ducked us last week um, while the yelling sales were on. However, a couple of days after you uh, you couldn't come on the show, you've gone four dollars eighty to three dollars forty vedette de star. Mm. After on, it.
2: We've on, given it a good, good pot as yeah, well.
0: On debut, it's one like winks, and you've left us out. What, what can you? What can you tell us, Simon? Eh?
1: Well, thank God the Yilan sales were on minutes, folks.
0: <laughs> what, what would you? Have, what would you have said if, if we had you on last week about Vedetta star?
1: No, I would have told you thought it could win. I think sometimes like if you think you, if you hide back and dive, um, it comes up shorter. I was on uh, Digby's program with Tim on the. Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday last week. And they they went through all the runners Saturday, Sunday, and they said, What's your best for the weekend? I said, The Death of the Star. So it wasn't, um, I don't know, I was just, so, sometimes, like, even when you bury them in trials, they come up shorter than what they should be. Uh, if you win by four, everyone goes, Oh, that's one is." They always win. You know? So I've learned to um, just play the upfront, honest card. I've giving you a little push for it, anyway.
0: So years gone by. Simon, so, mean, actually, ever since you moved to Western Australia to establish your, yourself as one of our leading trainers, you've um, you've always been able to to land a sting here and there. Yep. Uh, yep. It may have been a while, but how good did it feel to pull one off on Saturday? Uh,
1: I still remember the first one I did, tenth of June two thousand and nine, a Wednesday meeting Philly's and meeting Phillies and men's Class 1, 1200 at Belmont. <laughs> have that for a memory.
2: <laughs> Sway me now? You can always remember the winners. What?
1: No, no, no. That was my first one I ever did, a proper one. Sway me now. Yeah, okay. it was a ripper. Talk us through it. Yeah. Uh, got a, John O'Shea, when I was at John's, we had her there and then he sold her to Perth um, for a fair bit of money and I was still in Sydney at the time and he's a good trainer, John. Like really good. I learned heaps from him. Um, and I just knew the tricks with her and probably thought um, even if you just backed off for a little bit and gave her a kiss and a cuddle rather than um, drill her down a few times uh, in some hard work, that you'd probably get it going even better. And then the bloke rung up John and abused him for selling him the dud. And John being John just turned around and said, maybe your trainer's no good, mate. Um, more assistant Coming across and setting up egg, easy number, give it to him when he gets there. Um, and we got it and I mucked around with it, and it was 50 kilos lighter than when we had it at John, so I knew I had room to move there. And then I just thought, oh, I'll train her really soft because I think she'd enjoy it. And on oh, and behold, we got the weight back on her and uh, had her humming. And then I rang John about a fortnight before and gave him the heads up that we were ready to go. <laughs> So bases were loaded and he was ready. And then a final gallop on the Saturday before the Wednesday, it was a uh, unbeatable work. And I thought, oh, I can't let John know. Like he's a big, I'm a big punter, but he's bigger than me. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to lay low here. And uh, <laughs> I left him out. <laughs> he was just not happy. So... Um, Tim Clark, who I'm obviously really good friends with, as you know, on the Thursday morning walked into the hut at Randwick, and he said, Miller got him yesterday and got him Deluxe. And John said, was that slimy now? And with that, a stopwatch got smashed into the wall. The phone <laughs> rang. I knew, I knew Tim had told him because it was a two-hour two time difference at the time. It was. Uh, I was driving to work and the phone's rigging and I was like, "Oh no, he's down there." Anyhow, so that was that was a good coup.
2: What were and um, some
1: good? There were some good friends of mine that were that were part of it as well. I think. The, uh, I,
2: I think. Um, what were the flux that day, Simon?
1: No, well, this is the thing, Terry. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't a in. It was a major drift.
2: Oh really? Um,
1: yeah, because it was when the pre-post. You weren't, you weren't weren't telling strong. enough but
2: you weren't telling enough people then.
1: No, no, no. Well there was only one owner, so that was perfect. So I rang him two days out and I he knew how good I had it going. And um the morning of the markets come up and it was five dollars. And I was like, it's got four duck eggs next to the home over here, five dollars. So I immediately turned to a few of my staff and quizzed them uh, as to the whether they'd yapped because it was full lockdown mode and they all swore black and blue they hadn't. So I thought, oh, I better get on the front foot. So I rang the owner and just said to him, Mate, I don't know where the leak's come from, but they've opened it up for It's have sort of been given up. And he openly said, no, no, that was me. When you declared it to me yesterday, everyone <laughs> everyone that had put crap on me for buying this horse, um, I rang them all and said, you got to bet. And he said, they've all got all their money on, so that's why it's short, it's them. And I was like, well, if they're already on, this thing will just blow like a, blow like the gale. So, um, and it did, it, got, it just completely got out the gate. And i never forget when it ran through the line, but Corley said, Five down for 18. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, uh, pretty sure, friend of the podcast and former Simon A. Miller track record rider, stable manager, Kyle Nowland. I reckon he might still have a, Poster or a picture of a framed photo of Swamy now up on his wall.
1: Yeah, he sure does. He does. I've got, I've got mine, and um, yeah, it was a it was a big day. Pulled a lot of money out of it, and I got the quaddy. I went late night flight, and that one out. We had a, a double that day, and but that was the one. That was a project that we'd been waiting for a long time.
0: So. So. So you must have felt good uh, to, to land one on Saturday, Simon, with a, obviously a very, very sharp filly on debut. A um, few anxious moments in running or always uh, always confident that was, uh, Chrissy Parn would get the job it, it, done?
1: It's a good question. I, I was always comfortable only because I know how quick her turn of foot is at home and, and my pre race instruction to him wasn't really that much. It was just she's a really quality filly, don't – don't rev her up, keep her, keep her calm. And then when you ask for an effort, I said, she'll launch. And I said, but don't panic wherever you are. So it was pretty pretty easy. But, but there still, there's still some good horses in that race. And, um, you know, with your two-year-old, you've got to go to those Saturday races because that's the way they're channeled race until now. Like, you know, when I say now, it's in you know, February, March, when they start putting on provincial two-year-olds. Yep. but with his three-year-old, you can go to Maidens or midweek, and I dive straight into Saturday hoping to get a prize. So, and Pete was happy because I hardly ever tipped to Pete, but the last one I tipped him of his was Miss um, Kentucky and the maiden of Bunbury, so he was he was a happy man. As was Greg, first time back in the in the winner's circle, he's back in the game, so um, you never know where that'll lead to either. But it was. I know. I'm from the old school. I love the pump and setting them up, and it's just, it's. The
2: kill the kill. I wish we uh, had definitely wish we had you on last week, Simon, because I chucked up five dollars fifty on the uh, the exchange on the Thursday night, I think it was, and um, thought I was being pretty smart on a first starter, knowing how difficult it is not just to win on debut, but to uh, to take a sit and win on debut. And uh, yeah, jumped about three dollars fifty on the exchange <laughs> by the time they jumped, and I uh, I'd done me dosh, but uh, no, extremely uh, extremely impressive stuff. What's the uh, what's the plans with uh, Vedette to start from here?
1: He'll go, at this stage, we're aiming up at Bunbury on the standalone next week. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, at 1,200?
1: Um, yeah, just because yeah. just the boys are from there and they sponsor the day and they can have some representation down there.
2: You'll have to come and say hello. All the 1-1 uh, the lads and Cripper uh, and uh, everyone's heading down there for a uh, little function at the Bunbury Turf Club, so I'm sure we'll see you for yeah, a, yeah. Uh, a celebratory one throughout the day.
1: Well, I'm I'm heading down Friday night, I believe.
2: You Are you going, are you going <laughs> for a month or...?
1: If I win the Bubby Stakes, I will. It's a bit. This is if if we can win the Bubby Stakes, son of a god. Is that
2: your money every time, son of a god?
1: No, no. But they, they're not afraid to steam into him, are they? No, but, they're, they're <laughs> certainly not. They're no, certainly not. or no, like Gary, he, Gary
2: Albert
1: he, Junior. Yeah, no. To be fair, i backed him when i back in his maiden at Northern at his first uh, hut. Oh, did
2: not roll, so he? you don't
1: always yeah. get him right.
2: Mm. And then I remember when he did finally win his race. It was up against he's all, uh, he's, he's Almighty, Almighty, and he's Lord. Almighty was backed into about a dollar fifty, son of a god. And I think Ben was
1: banjo, banjo yeah. on that day. Uh, yeah, it was Bunbury. about yep.
2: three bucks to eight, eight, nine, ten dollars yep. that day, out the absolute door, and, and he, he won like winks too. So yeah.
1: we'll bet that day, ironically.
2: Well, yeah. I hope he didn't oh, take yeah. the earlys. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, no. Well, I, you laugh. But I didn't end up getting on. So what I did was. Sometimes you can know too much. And he, he was still a bit of a lunatic and a rev-head the horse at the time. And I said to the owner, uh, Sean, he's a star. And I drove him down from um, town. I said, come down with me. Um, you'll be winning down here. And I said, but don't bet until we see him in the stalls. So I'll settle him up, see what he's like in the mountain. Yard, make sure he's not a lunatic. And he was asleep in the stalls. He was asleep in the mountain. Yard. He went out onto the track. did everything perfect. And I turned around and I said, mate, go for it. Ever a bet. So he went one way and I went another, and I went to make my bet or ring up ring up one of my bowlers, and um, I just looked up at the big screen and I could, I could see him on the screen, and I saw him go from the outside to the inside round at about two strides and width, and I went, oh no, he's putting on his antics, so I didn't I didn't bet.
2: Ah <laughs> oh, dearie, eh?
1: see, and if I didn't see it, I would have just launched him, and mm. so then after the race he won with his head on his chest and sean walked in the out yard and he was pumped he said thanks for that and he looked at me he said did you not bet and then i had to explain him what i saw <laughs> you're
2: gonna have to give me the number. You go. you're gonna have to give me the number of a couple of these bowlers i'm running a bit thin at the moment <laughs> oh yeah no it's hard so work isn't it? it's hard yeah. work isn't it
0: now now terry if we were 100 percent honest with ourselves mm-hmm. last week when we saw the vedette star we both saw what she did at trials yeah yeah um we analyze the opposition, but was there some doubt in um, whether the Simon A. Miller camp could get this Philly to win first up on debut against that caliber? Now, Simon, by your own standards, it has been a bit of a light season, but we did have a quick chat yesterday about some of the challenges that you faced from a training point of view. What, what has changed since you since you first got to, to to WA, what is how has your methods changed, and what sort of things have you had to work through this season? Just to because I noticed that the, the the horses are racing a lot more consistently, and they're racing they're a lot stronger on the line. What what has changed recently to to turn turn things around?
1: Oh, uh, there's a, there's a few things. Um, probably the first <clears throat> the first thing is like our pro ride track that I've always used. Which was previously a Visca ride as well. Uh, that's always been my main gallop track, and I've always worked on it because it's, it's a consistent surface that never deviates. Um, they did some remedial work on it leading into the carnival and wrecked it, and it hasn't been the same since. And then, you, you wouldn't walk your dog on it or play ball on it. It's, it's just atrocious. So, we've got funding to get it replaced next year, hopefully, or this year. Hopefully, that's the case, but we'll see. Um, the pals to be there tend to go missing when you when you uh, want to find out where we're heading in regards to the track. But yeah, if that's all you know, um, and they made it really heavy, and, and look, there's no excuses at the end of the day. I was I should have been more proactive, and I thought knowing that track and I'd worked on it for so long, I could figure it out. And I was doing too much with them. Uh, leading into the carnival and making them slow on race day, and then I was backing off them and um, blowing them up race day, fitness wise. So I was juggling that, and a bit daunting when it's carnival time. and you, you don't have room to get it wrong because the margin for error against horses equally as good as yours, or if not better, is is you know, you've only got to be just half a half a length off here, and they're going to be half a length on, and that's the difference. Whereas you go into maiden, you can still get away with it. So uh, I thought I could work my way through it, and I couldn't. And then in the end, I've had to bite the bullet. And uh, every Tuesday, Saturday, we load them up and go to Belmont and get on the grass. So even then, when we were doing that, it, it sort of I had to figure out what was good work, what was bad work, and and design a template for there. But after about two weeks, you could see they were performing better on race day. And I, a couple of pointers where some horses were having hard runs and were still fighting on right at the end, and whether they were, weren't winning, but they were running second or third, whereas previously they'd be unconscious on the home turn from those type of runs. So I knew then and there we had it back on track, but it's a lonely place. You're driving to the, you the races on your own and... You're off the grog because you're trying to figure out – when it's off the grog, you're not partying at the races. You're trying to figure out what's going on and uh, whether you can get it right or wrong, and clearly we weren't. But going to Belmont, we flipped the whole team around, and we're back on track now.
0: So do you think – is that the first time since you've been in Perth that your – I guess your confidence was, I guess, rattled a touch, Simon?
1: Um, You could say it was rattled. I was – I remember gathering the staff, you know, I just said, listen, don't panic. Um – just be process driven like we've had results in the past and we know what to do and how to do it just I've just got to figure out how to train on this track and so I just just keep doing what we always do and we'll see if we can negate our way through it but you'd probably it's not for me I'm probably lucky I don't do any social media Um, so I don't know what if anyone's praising you or bagging you so I was sort of in my own little bubble and I was just like trying to figure it out but it's a sinking feeling when every time you leave in the mounting yard and you're walking back to the stalls to see how they recover and you've run awful again and um, the pressure you apply on yourself. So uh, I remember Northern Cup Day, uh, we had four favourites in and the first couple went under and I was like, oh, here we go again. And I drove all the boys up and when we won the Northern Cup, well, we got a Cronulla Pride of the Cup and I thought, oh, a little bit of confidence that'll help, but when we won the Northern Cup, and in hindsight, she was never going to lose. When you see the run she got in transit, and you know, a furlong out, she was never going to lose. And even a furlong out, I, I quietly just looked up at the screen, no cheering, and I just thought, I wonder who's going to run over the top of her. <laughs> you're, in, you're in a bad headspace,
2: you're expecting and bad things to like, happen.
1: Well, wow, you just, you know, I was like, internally, I was like, I wonder who's going to run over the top of this. And yeah, we didn't, we won pretty easy, you know, and, then there, and there was a random blo- person who came up to me and he just said, you are ice cold. He said, I, I just watched you, <laughs> he said, and I was thinking to myself, you don't know where my head's located <laughs> right <laughs> now. <laughs> but even even then, that was a weird week, because we won the Northern Cup and the Prince of Wales the following Saturday, yep. and I still didn't feel like I had control of the stable or, mm. And I just said the only thing you can do to your owners is just be honest and upfront, and you just say, "Listen, I'm having trouble training on this track at the moment." And I think if you include them in the ride, they'll appreciate the journey, whether it be a, a win or a loss, uh, because they, you know, if they find out six months later that you are having issues, I'm sure uh, the toys might have been out of the cot. But it was, and that week was good, just to sort of probably give confidence to the staff that we're okay. But I was still trying to figure it all out, and, um, yeah, it was a weird fit.
0: You happy with where everything's at at the moment?
1: Oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're back being arrogant yeah. again. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> when I say arrogant, I just...
2: Play to your strengths. Nah.
1: Yeah, I know you, we well, do. Like, the crew, um, the Saturday morning, they said, what are we... Because the, the staff, they ask, I'll tell them what to play, and and they said, what are we playing? I said, well, you want to play vedette, and you want to layer up on MSC, and so, so you get these your wages, and... Um, Whereas you know, at the start of the carnival when they say, "What are we playing? and I'd say, "What are you a thrill seeker? How about we just try and? How about we just try and get a winner?" <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a daunting or lonely place. That you, you just from my point of view, I'm, I'm probably my own worst enemy. I put that much pressure on myself, and, and when it wasn't working, it's just amazing how something so simple. In changing your track or ruining it when they repaired it can just derail you so quick. And it's probably something I've taken for granted in the past that you know you could line them up and if you're having a bet, you could be pretty much across that you could get the job done or go very close. And so yeah, I probably took that for granted. But training, well, maybe you don't you don't appreciate the winds as much as you should at the time. I'm not sure. But Anyhow, so we've come out the other side, and to be fair, I'm probably really enjoying Belmont. I think it's a great little training tool to um, load them up on the truck, stimulate them through travel, and you're on grass every time you gallop, and they pull up really good from it. So from here on in, we should be building momentum.
0: And in building momentum, absolutely into Ascot Thousand Guineas Day this Saturday, Terry.
2: Yes, it is a big, uh, big day for you, to run a sign. Before we quickly jump into uh, the five you have going around there, I think I'd um, one of my favourite uh, conversations I've had with you was at the Broken Hill uh, about eighteen months ago. At the day it was the day Tiff has spoken one, one a and You told me a few of your favourite punting stories. I know you've already shared one with us. Uh, a few of them probably weren't. Uh, Went for public ears too much, but uh, have you got a favourite punting story over the journey to share with the listeners? Because I know they'd uh, they'd love to hear uh, what you've got for them.
1: Um, a favourite punting story. I've pulled a couple of quaddies with mates before that have been big results. Um, that was a ripper. I, I don't. Know. I had Melbourne Cup Day here was just. It cooked me Melbourne Cup day. Wednesday, um, I went, uh, got on the plane and flew to Melbourne for Oak Day Thursday, just to get out of out of here for a day. And we landed the quadie there. It paid it paid forty eight thousand. Um, and then we just got on the plane and come back home on the Friday. But oh, it'd be a heap. of it.
2: had. How, how did you feel on, on the plane on Friday? <laughs>
1: Uh no, oh, it didn't matter how hungover you were. It was all right. You come up with the cash.
2: But, you, got, you got your own plan. Oh,
1: yeah, oh, we oh, we got the Bunbury Quaddie here a couple of years ago um, on Bunbury Steaks Day. Uh, I think he paid. Oh, I can't remember eighteen, nineteen. I don't know. Oh, There's a lot. It's just, it's just good fun. It's more. It's fun when your mates are involved, I reckon, or an owner's setting up a sting.
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent. You're a trainer uh, after uh, after the punters' hearts. I think it's what we uh, what we like to hear. Uh, we'll quickly. Well, touch- my uncle
1: was a bookie. Oh, is that right? Um, so the, yeah, yeah. So he. So when I was young, he I used to trudge off to the races when I was five, six. You know, they grasshopper in Melbourne. Go to all the race meetings with him. So he was teaching me how to punt and um, odds and fractions and when to bet and when when bookies are most vulnerable from his point of view. And um, my biggest bets generally are maidens because mm. you, you back a city horse and a maiden will buy in bad luck. They probably they probably should win, but once you if they if I get a dollar out of one, I generally put the kill on the rack on them unless they, unless you think they're you know a power princess or a road or uh, one that can keep bouncing out for you. Or, um, but it, yeah, it's good. It is good fun. So yeah, he told me that bookies are most vulnerable and maidens from from really early on and I've always taken that advice and now that I'm training you look at it from that point of view and they probably are because even if horses are first up from a spell and they've had an abysmal run previous prep was it where they saw where they shinsaw were they not ready like you've always got that little ace up your sleeve that they don't know where you go to a Saturday race and the form's exposed.
2: All right, Simon. We're just gonna have a quick uh, a quick look. I uh, won't keep you much longer uh, at your runners this weekend on Thousand Guineas Day. Uh, your first run, not to race seven. It's a late start for you um, with Brave Angel, blinkers on. Peter, blinkers off, I should say. Peter Nucky on. Uh, what are we expecting from um, against? Uh, well, up against Salaya and, and Bob's Five. Basically, are you a chance of upsetting the uh, the Apple Cart with a uh, a pretty smart little filly?
1: Well, well, we are in a pandemic, aren't we? I've got one going over eighteen hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are in unprecedented times.
0: You might even have a uh, Oaks filly on your hands, there, uh, Simon.
1: So well, I think she generally is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ross Ross Darling always uh, messages me each year when I nom one for the Oaks and the Derby, and he says thanks for the Christmas donations. <laughs> and, and, and this year he messaged me and he said, "No, you just—I think you generally got one." Um, and I do. I think she's a good filly going places. She was really good in the champion filly. She just pulled too hard the other day, um, so we've taken the blinkers off just in case they walk again. And she'll probably have to shoe a rearward position uh, until we can draw a gate and land that little bit closer. But she's—I really like her as a filly, and I think she's going places. So um, she, she's a great chance. But whether the tempo's there to suit Saturday probably won't be again. Um, but look for her
2: hitting the line it's a real unknown isn't it with Bobs 5 you don't know how much they're all going to elevate individually um, and you don't know well, which, which one's the, other the next th- superstar th-
1: the other thing is I'm sure he'll put one on speed there. he's got too many he could sacrifice one
2: I did, I did sure consider that yeah. yeah I did I did oh, mate, consider he,
1: that he will, well he you know, it's not playing games or anything he, he's got well, I got six in me. So five, if you got I five, got
2: exactly right. It does, it does make sense. But uh, it'll be interesting which one from uh, one, maybe one of the ones from yeah, the wider I don't gates. I
1: know, but when you got that many in there, you can't all sit at the back. No, exactly so right. One, one, one will lob there. But
2: um, which one, who knows? Mm. Uh, into race number eight, you've got Tommy Blue up to the fourteen hundred metres. Um, she's been. I reckon she's been a little bit stiff and perhaps a little bit underwhelming as well. She found the wrong part of the track at pinjara That inside pad with cover uh, was the wrong spot to be. Previous start, she was out in no man's land from the awkward gate. Um, her most recent effort, I thought she was pretty tough on speed in a race where um, they did make pretty good ground from the back. Up to the 1400, a race that lacks a huge amount of tempo. She could just about um, might even roll land, forward yeah. and yeah. take it. up.
1: Might even land in front. Totally yep. Blue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we probably got our tactics wrong last start as well. Chris didn't really want to be that aggressive on her. Um, he would have loved to have just come out of it a bit and you probably would have seen her uh, run or probably run into a place, him rather than be at the back. So you're 100% right. She hit the 1,400, slower tempo. Um, she should be able to control it on her own, own accord. And if someone wants to go nuts and... Uh, take it up and then we can drop on them but it probably looks apart from a pinjara win first up or this time in mean, it probably looks an easier assignment in yep. regard mm-hmm. to mapping for her um, and when it does map good for her she generally races really well so yeah I, I, she's a great chance. I agree
2: uh, and then also in that race we have Amelia's Contreras. I presume we're going to see one out in front and the other one probably uh, out the back. Uh, she's been hitting the line well, uh, but it's a it's a big ask to come from probably near last and uh, swallow him up.
1: Big ask and just testing her at 1400 because she didn't really she didn't get much luck the other day. But she didn't when the gap came she didn't sort of toe to the line. Mm-hmm. Um, is she a better filly or mare sprouting down the outside with clear air than being tucked up, probably? But does she get the 1,400? It remains to be seen. I'm just trying something different. And I galloped her a week out uh, as opposed to the traditional Tuesday for Saturday. I think she may appreciate just that little bit of freshness going into the race. So she's going to have to give the other one a start, but it's more, I just want to see her smashing the line to make sure that I've got her on on the right path otherwise I'll have to switch it back to a midweek and give her a kill
2: yeah, that makes sense. Uh, then in the last we have uh, the the bookies pal in uh, in plutocracy. Uh, Paddy Carberry <laughs> goes back on. Uh, looked, it looked as though Carleen gave him every chance last up. You read the stewards report and there was uh, a few little little bit uh, a little bit of niggle you could say uh, in the straight. Yeah. Uh, perhaps drawing a little bit wider, a bit like Amelius Contreras. it might be suitable uh, for the plutocracy being uh, off that rail.
1: I, agree. I think I think wide for him is good because you can yeah. pop him out and put him in the clear air whenever you want. You're not being dictated to. Um, he was he was unlucky the other day in that the inside horse just drove us from a couple off to, I don't know, six, seven horses further out wide and got hit over there with a whip. And did you fire in a we were allowed to get in. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it dismissed pretty quick too. So I was surprised <laughs> the head on was... <laughs> the head on was no good. It was an awful lot. Anyhow, um, he just never got the chance to crunch in the gear. And, and to be fair, uh, he's a senior horse, not an apprentice horse, that one. He's too strong. That's no reflection of her. We knew that going into it, that the wrist was putting the apprentice on. Um, and, uh, but senior rider back on, look, look for him to turn it around. Some of his and generally when he when he can sit three wide, sometimes there's half runs mm. there at the end.
2: That's what I was going to say. Some of his biggest runs have been when he's actually sat deep and he's probably not been entitled yeah. to to give anything at the end. So uh, I agree. No, definitely not a negative uh, drawing wide. Uh, and then we have Platinum Bullet, who's opened up favorite in the last. Was uh, pretty hard to miss last start. Ran the second quickest uh, last 200 meter of the day. Just got into a no man's just got into no man's land from the uh, the awkward gate, which is always going to be difficult. Can probably land. A little bit closer here, and uh, geez, she has to be uh, pretty hard to hold out late with a, a reasonable amount of tempo in this.
1: She's a very good filly. It took me a while to figure her out. You want to give yourself a pat on the back for uh, pulling off the plunge with the depth star the other day, then you've got to go the other way and analyse yourself on on her. And It took me a long time to figure out her strengths and weaknesses, and I was Blinkers on, blinkers off, up and troop, riding her back, riding her forward. Mm. Um, but last prep, I finally figured her out like um, that she's just a, a get back sprinter. You don't have to drag her all the way out of it. Unfortunately, the other day we had to because she drew that gate. Mm. But um, 1,000 to 1,200 fresh, and, and she goes really well. So, uh, map's a bit easier than last time, and she'll be sprouting wings for sure. She's a good ferry rock. Um, she'll win a listed race and put black Port next to her name at some stage.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She definitely does look like a a fresh type. Her best runs tend to be uh, off a little break or first or second up type of thing. So um, that does make sense with her. So out of your five runners, assignment, which one uh, which one are we going to be part of the big plunge on this week? No,
1: not, I don't get when I got two in the one race. I don't need the grief. <laughs> Nothing works. No, no. Unless, unless, it's, a, unless
2: it's, it's the same owner. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: Well. I don't think I've ever the fortunate uh, luck to have that thing.
2: Um A couple of Amelia, yeah. Amelia Park runners in the same race, maybe?
1: Yeah, they're not punters, but... Ah, okay. Um,
2: that's probably uh, that's probably why they've got some money. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't
1: know. I, I can't... I can't push you either way because if I push you into plutocracy and Platinum Bullet gets over the top, it'll be no surprise or five. <laughs> oh, honestly, I think we've got great chances without labelling one. I'm a huge fan of Brave Angel. Uh, like to see what she did in the champion Phillies was no surprise.
0: I think she started, um, five, five, think, was she just started 550 or mm, 650 yeah, in the guineas. Yeah she, so, yeah, yeah, she got
1: caned in the guineas. They all come for it. The backup didn't suit her, and she was fried. Yeah, when she got out onto the track and behind the gate, she just melted. Yeah, couldn't deal with it. So, I I to do play play her the place. There you go. Very good. On Saturday.
0: Okay, so good luck on Saturday, Simon. A um, before we let you depart your debut showing on the one one, you were out at uh, Magic Moon Sales Complex last week and um, they reckon the A in Simon A has been changed to ammunition because you fired a a few bullets out there in the Swan Valley, Simon. Or airhead. (laughs) $325,000 sale topper, Russian Revolution Magical Bell Colt. What what were the nerves like when you're getting to the end of that uh, bidding duel? Well,
1: I only had two bids. My opening bid was two seventy five, so I let the I let the gunfight go and then chimed in late. Uh, don't worry, if I had gone three fifty, it would have been me done. I wouldn't have gone three seventy five. I was
2: about to ask if you had a uh, a max uh, a max stake. Could they have got you up to a little bit higher? Uh, I, I
1: thought when I left to go there, I thought oh two seventy five should secure it. And then when I watched it all unfold. And my opening bid was 275 I thought I'd try and land on what I thought I had to pay for it. And then I went to 300 and I thought, oh, I'll try one more. Um, and we were fortunate enough to, to receive him or get him. So it was a bit like last year. I really wanted a Blackfriars Colt. And we sat back and just let the gunfight go. And our opening bid was, our first bid was 170 And, the auctioneer said 170 new player, and then all of a sudden everyone sort of went, Oh, there's a new player at 170, that'll do us. Well. And it, you'd, you'd love this. And Matt Laurie comes steaming up to me after we'd got it, and he was 160. He heard new player and thought, Oh, I really haven't got the ammo, whoever is dancing with me. And I've known him from when I was in Melbourne, and he said to me, Oh, about the half, it goes really good. Um, haven't stepped it out yet. Well that was Portland's guy.
2: Oh, no <laughs> oh <dear. laughs>
1: So he was on the coin, he, he, he does. does it, so.
2: when you go to these sales, do you have so it's just, you're talking Obviously, big big sums of money. Do you have tactics bidding-wise? You say that you didn't make your first bid to yeah. 170 or you didn't make your first bid. So that sort of can scare people off to a certain degree. You can save one extra bit at the end. You're saving 10, 20, 30,000. It's really interesting tactically yeah. like that. I, and, I just think you go and, there have a few beers and lob your hand and up. And
0: do you it? do all your own bidding, Simon, or do you sometimes you have yeah, to go a bit do. incognito? No, I, yeah. uh, I did uh, the cult was, this year
1: was incognito, and the cult last year, uh, uh, one of um, – and Barry McCrosty's uh, grandson did the bidding there, so it was good. That was a bit of fun. Um, but uh, generally, I just do the bidding, and I usually just sort of throw it up and get aggressive. Like, uh, But when I really chase someone, I just let sort of everyone go and then slide in late and see if I can ruffle some feathers or let them know that there's a new player late. But it doesn't always work. Um, there's no right or wrong way, I suppose it's whichever works for you. but Good fun sale. So you it said is, it is good fun.
0: You said yesterday that you were uh, eager to um, leave Russian This Rus- Russian revolution yielding as a cult. Do you yeah, have? Uh, do you have like hard. a like yep. a grand long range plans for this fellow?
1: Oh, you'd just love to put black pipe on him and then see if you can turn him into a stallion. He's got he's got a pedigree um, that suggests you could turn him into one then the Hong Kong horse winner method hes one start, one win over there, and he's clearly above average. Um, so if he can do a job over there, plus she, she, the mayor's left a couple of stakes performers here already, So and he's just got the right temperament. Like, I bought a um, winning Rupert later on, and he's a lunatic. You know, he'll need to be gelded straight away. But this guy, he, he's... Ice cold, ice cool, he's got a great temperament. So one thing in your favour is you can keep him a cold as long as you want or as long as you have to. Um, and if we can put a big win next to his name, then um, you can start talking stadium, stadium stuff. But you know, that, that's your long-range forecast to try and turn him into a stadium.
0: So you ended up with, uh, with six lots at the Perth Magic Millions. Um, are you done now, or are you heading? Are you getting a few over east. What's your what's what's on no, there? No,
1: I've, I've got I need more. I've got more orders, uh, BJ. So yeah. unfortunately, I couldn't fill all the orders for Perth and um, even myself. I, I love. i last couple of years, I've changed tack a bit and I've started to hone them as well. Um, and even oh, I couldn't jump into any. I had too many people jumping on me. So
2: you taking the full hundred percent of the Russian Russian Revolution.
1: Oh, I was trying to keep. I was trying to keep sharing it myself, actually, you know. And a good mate of mine, Rob, and, and myself. Well, I left him out, and well, I couldn't get in. So, um, yeah, I, I would have loved to, but I couldn't. Um, I kept it sharing the Blackfriars I bought last year, which, which so i has worked out alright. for half to a Group One winner, so we'll see what happens. It's good fun racing right? yep. no? them.
0: Does that Blackfriars have a have a name yet, Simon?
1: Uh, above the peg, Troll Monday. Yep. Um, and i have put him back out now. So, okay. so It's a very good name, that Above the Peak. So the um, across these, uh when they travel overseas, um, they've got obviously a really nice wine cellar at home, and uh, when they leave the kids in charge of the house, they, you can drink anything below the peg, not above the peg. <laughs> so so as, soon, as, soon, as soon as they're on the plane and they're gone, the kids lift the peg up a couple of notches so they can get into a couple of <laughs> better ones.
0: Oh, that's, that's very good. And, Simon, before we go, I I just want to mention young rider who's on loan to you at the moment. Been watching her a bit lately. I reckon she's, she's improving. She's on the right path. What can you tell us about Holly Watson?
1: Yeah, she's um, been on loan for us for six, seven weeks now. She's here with us for three months and, good acquisition for having a stable she's a ripper so um, she's just willing to learn absorb she's a sponge and it's funny I thought having you know just you throw little tricks or tips to her out there in the race day with tactics and speed maps and sometimes you think oh you might be throwing too much at her, and she might be able to absorb it all but she she's a sponge so she's doing a really good job putting them in the good spots positioning uh, getting the tactics right and She's starting to ride some winners now, which is really good, and picking up full books, whether it be up north or down south, and um, we'll sort of hold her back from town at the moment, just let her keep fine tuning before you let the handbrake off and let her unleash in town. Because once you do that, you can be branded pretty quick, whether you're good or bad. So you want to make sure you go in there with your with full missions in the air and your confidence out, so we'll just keep working on it behind the scenes and then let it cut, rip, let it cut loose in town.
0: That's such a good point. I, th- I think a lot of the um, the junior riders get judged unfairly, too harshly, yeah. harshly when they But a lot of that is by them coming to town before before they're ready Be and being, being exposed. And yeah. I think sometimes a lot of that is on the is on the um, the people that are putting them on, but also their their bosses and, and their masters. So it's it's a yeah, like I, th- I, th- I think when the time is right and they come to town and yeah. they, they can make an impact. But if you come too soon, you yeah. you just get you just get um, marked very harshly and well, you, your papers
1: almost well, get stamped. So, well, there, there was I won't name it, mm-hmm. but there was a writer a couple of years ago who went to a Belmont meeting and um, six favourites, and it was like, mate, like, you're not. I didn't say anything. I was just watching it and, and just tore them all up. And you're like, it's not his fault. He's not ready. Yeah. And ended up riding a heifer with us, but mm. it's just and then you get branded, and it's like, well, it's a bit, a bit arse. They're not, they're not ready to go.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So at oh, well, game, I suppose as a, as a boss and a mentor, you have got to guide them through that and let them know that you're protecting them, um, so that when you are ready to go, you, you can get on a roll and and, and do things right. I think as long, long as apprentices know that you have got their best interests at heart first, uh, so, they'll. I should be able to back you, or or trust you. Uh, anyway, so she's doing a good job.
0: Excellent, she's uh, got a got a bright future. Does Holly Watson teaming up on loan with the Simon A. Miller camp at the moment? So Simon, we Terry and I could sit here and talk to you for hours. We probably should have got you in the studio actually, but um, it's great to have you on the phone, and always a pleasure talking about the great game with you, my friend. Thank you very much.
1: It is a good game. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on, and um, hopefully uh, it won't be as long awaited. Uh, I think we put it off a few times or I was in the wrong place at the wrong time down south and But so anyway, It's good to be on. Good to be on and good to be talking to passionate people about the game.
2: Love it. Thanks very much, Simon. Look forward to catching up for a beer uh, Saturday week at uh, the Bunbury standalone meeting too. <laughs>
1: I'm going to be a menace down there. I've only got two in.
2: us right, let's, uh, let's have a competition. He can be the biggest menace on the day. I reckon I'm $1.30, so good luck. There's going to be good prices around about you.
1: Thank hey, you, and good luck coming in on the weekend. That's Thanks,
2: Thanks, Simon.